98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm out as well. The headlines. Health chief Sophia Chan says social distancing measures are unlikely to be relaxed anytime soon. A territory-wide university ex- entrance exam begins today. And government data show a dramatic drop in the construction of private flats. The Health Secretary, Sophia Chan, says it's unlikely that social distancing measures will be relaxed anytime soon with the coronavirus pandemic nowhere near ending. In an exclusive interview with RTHK, she expressed hope that the public can accept the current restrictions as the new norm. Professor Chan also admitted that there's room for improvement in the government's work to stop COVID-19, but stressed that officials have been trying their best. Professor Chen was asked what grade she would give the administration for its handling of the crisis. I think that mark is best left for the public to give and not myself. You just ask whether we acted too slow. Maybe sometimes we're slow in telling people what we're doing. Quite often when we think, we think many steps ahead. But when we make announcements, it's true, we may not always tell you the whole plan. We have been thinking about many things and may have been making preparations, but we might not have communicated it very well. I think in this area, there's room for improvement. Thousands of students began sitting their university entrance exams today after the diploma of secondary education exams were put off for about a month due to the coronavirus. Many students arrived early at exam venues and some of them armed with disinfectant wipes and multiple face masks. At least three students at an exam venue in Hermantin had to have their temperatures read several times before being allowed in. The extra measures, including hand sanitizing and wearing face masks, have been put in place to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Civic Party lawmaker Dr Kwok Ki says the students are safe, but there should be a backup plan in case of an outbreak. The students are still safe, but I think we need to have the plan B. You know, maybe two days later we have an outbreak, which is enormous. By then, we need to cancel the examination. So they pencil mark the date in May and even in June if we need to postpone the examination till next or two months later. The construction of private flats has slowed dramatically. Joanne Wong has the details. According to the latest government data, developers began the construction of just 900 flats in the first quarter, more than 60% fewer than the same period last year. It also marked a quarter-on-quarter plunge of nearly 80%. The number of completed homes lit by 3,200 units year-on-year to 4,200 units. But the government raised its forecast of private housing supply to 95,000 units in the coming three to four years, factoring in 10,000 unsold units by the end of the quarter and unfinished projects. The honorary chairman of the Liberal Party, James Tian, says he thinks Beijing's representatives have taken to commenting on Hong Kong affairs because they are worried the pan-democrats will gain a majority in Leshko in September's elections. Both the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office and the Liaison Office have been accused of breaching the basic law by interfering in Hong Kong's internal affairs. But Mr Tian told the RTHK TV programme The Pulse that the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office is not situated in the SAR, so is embalmed by the non-interference clause in Article 22. He also disagreed that the statements from the liaison office or CLO amounted to interference, but he said they could backfire. What happened recently do give the Hong Kong people an impression, rightly or wrongly, that CLO through Beijing is interfering with legislative council work in Hong Kong. That would backfire in a sense, because the legislative council members are elected by the people. 
the 5 million some registered voters, either in FC or GC, were better in mind. If there were one or two votes, if they cast it on September 6th, that would actually make a big difference. Speaking on the same program, former Chief Secretary Anson Chan said the comments from Beijing are proof that one country, two systems is effectively dead. He said, she said Hong Kong is rapidly moving towards one country, one system, and she fears that we'll see the SCR marginalized in the international community. How can Hong Kong continue to be useful if you continue to undermine one country, two systems? You infringe our freedoms, you erode our basic rights. And increasingly, you want to turn Hong Kong into an authoritarian state. What role do we have in that context? We will very, very soon be marginalized. Surely everyone in Hong Kong realizes that Hong Kong's strength lies in the fact that we embrace liberal values, that we respect human rights, that we believe in basic freedoms, particularly important for business for example, freedom of expression, freedom of assembly and freedom of the press. All these are rapidly being eroded. Political commentator Chip Cho told the polls that Beijing may be calculating that it no longer needs to care about keeping its promise over one country, two systems, as China faces increasing antagonism from around the world over COVID-19. He noted that some 40 countries are lining up to sue China over the pandemic and that Washington is looking at decoupling from Beijing, moving business and factories away from China. Mr Cho said given the disintegration of globalization, China might be trying to seize the moment and Hong Kong is set to suffer in all of this. The mainland will prosecute a Belizean citizen for his alleged involvement in providing funds to meddle in Hong Kong affairs. The Communist Party-backed Guangzhou Daily said security authorities in Guangzhou have concluded their investigation against Li Han Li Hu Xiang and he is to be prosecuted. He was arrested in November in Guangzhou. His whereabouts are unknown. The district council has heard that the stabbing of three people at an anti-government protest war would never have happened if not for the unprecedented social unrest. The defendant, a tour guide, will be sentenced this afternoon. Timmy Song reports. The attack took place last August in Chang Kwan O at a so-called Lenin War, where people posted notes in support of the anti-extradition protests. A defense lawyer for Tony Hong told the court in mitigation that the income of his client, a tour guide, was badly affected during the unrest. The 50-year already pleaded guilty to three counts of wounding with intent. His lawyer said the defendant wasn't a violent person and was genuinely remorseful as he returned to Hong Kong the same day after fleeing to the mainland. He also said Mr Hong would like to apologize to the victims and the people of Hong Kong even though he didn't expect to be forgiven. Lawmakers from both sides of the aisle have urged the MTR Corporation to increase fair concessions as the city struggles from the economic impact of the coronavirus. The rail company will cut fares by 20% for six months from July, with the government subsidizing half of the concession worth $800 million. But DAB lawmaker Holden Chow hopes that can be extended to one year. It's only like six months discount is not enough. And you see that the coronavirus issue so far we don't see the end we don't know when it would end and we will see that will be very difficult for the economy to recover and a lot of grassroots residents will suffer
The U.S. House of Representatives has passed a fourth coronavirus relief bill worth more than 480 billion U.S. dollars. It will expand federal government loans to small businesses impacted by the pandemic and hospitals overwhelmed by patients. The package will take the total crisis response spending to nearly three trillion dollars. At his daily White House briefing, President Trump welcomed the news. I'm grateful that Congress is answering my call to deliver these additional $320 billion in relief for the American worker and for small businesses. At a time when many Americans are enduring significant economic challenges, this bill will help small businesses to keep millions of workers on the payroll. You see states are starting to open up now, and it's very exciting to see. I think it's very awe-inspiring. We're coming out of it, and we're coming out of it well. European Union leaders have given final approval to a financial package worth more than half a trillion euros to support member states, businesses and workers affected by the pandemic. They also say they will work towards establishing a further trillion euro recovery fund. The president of the EU Council, Charles Mitchell, said the group was united. We have expressed a strong will to move forward together. We discussed progress on the various dimensions of the European response to the pandemic and welcomed the joint European roadmap towards lifting of COVID-19 containment measures. We all agreed that the health and safety of our citizens comes first. An Italian cruise ship docked in the Japanese port city of Nagasaki has 43 new coronavirus cases, bringing the total to 91. The ship has no passengers and 623 crew. The outbreak on the Costa Atlantica surfaced on Tuesday when maintenance crew announced a staff member had a cough and fever. From today, Indonesia is temporarily shutting down airports and banning flights to prevent people from flying into and out of the country. The restrictions will last until June the 1st. Public transport with in the country by land, sea, air and rail is also being severely limited. The governor of New York State, Andrew Cuomo, said initial survey results indicate about 14% of residents may have already contracted the coronavirus and one in 200 of those subsequently died. While cautioning the survey's limitations, Mr Cuomo said the findings suggested the virus was less deadly than feared. The statewide number is 13.9% tested positive for having the antibodies. What does that mean? It means these are people who were infected and who developed the antibodies to fight the infection. The U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has warned that Washington might never resume his funding of the World Health Organization. Mr. Pompeo said the U.N. body, led by Dr. Tedros Gebiosis, would first have to undergo reform. Here's the BBC's Barbara Pladasha. Mike Pompeo had criticized Dr. Tedros for not going public when China failed to follow WHO rules. Mr. Pompeo has accused Beijing of neglecting to report on the coronavirus outbreak in a timely manner, which it denies. Now, Secretary of State suggested that a change in WHO leadership could be a condition for resuming U.S. funding to the organization. But he said even bolder reforms may be needed. Dr. Tedros has said the agency did declare the coronavirus emergency at the right time and that he would continue to work day and night combating the pandemic. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 23,881, 95 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $43 billion. The euro was at 1 US dollar and 7 cents. The greenback was at 107.63 yen. And the pound was worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 57 cents. Now to sports, here's Adam Chung.
We start with American football, where the first ever virtual NFL draft got underway smoothly in the United States. The annual spectacle was originally scheduled to be held in the glitz and glamour of Las Vegas, but that had to be canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The Cincinnati Bengals selected quarterback Joe Burrow from Louisiana State University with their first overall pick. Burrow now returns to his home state of Ohio with the task of restoring Storing some respect for the miserable Bengals, a team that posted 2 and 14 last season. The franchise posted only seven winning seasons in the past 29 years. Burrow is a Heisman Trophy winner as the top college football player in the U.S. The Washington Redskins kept their second overall pick and used it to select a pass rusher, Chase Young, who recorded an impressive 16 sacks in his junior season with Ohio State. Also from Ohio State, Jeff Okuda, the cornerback, was taken third overall by the Detroit Lions. There are seven rounds in the NFL draft, and the process continues through Friday and Saturday in the U.S. Staying with the NFL, Rob Gronkowski says his fire is back after joining the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The former New England Patriots tight end came out of retirement earlier this week to reunite with his former New England teammate Tom Brady, who signed with Tampa last month. Gronkowski thanked Patriots fans with an Instagram post on Thursday, expressing his excitement for a new chapter in life. Our U.S. sports commentator Ray Jovanovich says the Tampa reunion had been planned for some time. Two of them won three Super Bowls together. They're an incredible combination. It's a dynamic duo, and、uh, fans in Tampa Bay, what, what's being called now Tampa Bay,、uh, really excited about the start of the season, having those two players back on the field together.、Uh, it's sort of rejuvenating for both of the guys to be playing again uh, together, uh, given the fact they had so much success in the previous nine years when、uh, Brady and Gronk played in New England. The German Bundesliga appears to be edging closer to becoming the first European league to resume after the COVID-19 shutdown, as they plan to hold empty stadium fixtures as early as May the 9th. The German football league met with its 36 professional clubs yesterday to discuss details of the restart. And in cricket, the International Cricket Committee also met through video conference as they plan for the forthcoming Men's T20 World Cup. Women's World Cup and the World Test Championship, saying that those events will continue as scheduled despite concerns over COVID-19. Discussions will continue to see if the events need to be rearranged. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, the top stories once again: Health Chief Sophia Chan says social distancing measures are unlikely to be relaxed anytime soon. A territory-wide university entrance exam begins today, and government data show a dramatic drop in the construction of private flats. The news from RTHK.
And welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Friday afternoon. Many thanks to Phil for the morning brew today. We do have a busy program on today's uh, Friday program. First of all, we'll be kickstarting the program by talking to fitness coach Andrew Cox about how to boost your immunity and reduce anxiety amid the COVID 19 epidemic. He's uh, curated a program on this on the 28th of April. So we'll be chatting with him in about uh, 10 minutes or so to find out a little bit more about uh, his wonderful program and also ways to equip ourselves. And uh, after 2 o'clock, the Agenda Cafe is back. And this week, uh, we've got a big topic of gay and grey on the back of the release of Suk Suk, the movie, uh, which is a new film that explores the lives and the experiences of older gay men. Um, myself and Karen Ko will be chatting with Ray Young, who is the writer and the director of the film, as well as Travis Kwong, who's an associate professor uh, from the Department of Sociology at the University of Hong Kong, who has actually written a book in which the film was based on, and the film is called Oral Traditions of Older Gay Men in Hong Kong. And uh, we want to hear from you as well. Feel free to drop us an email. Our email address is 